RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, Hong Kong, the Hong Kong National Party denies suggestions that it's using delaying tactics by seeking the release of surveillance records on its convener. The LegCo Commission files papers in the High Court to compel ousted lawmaker Leung Kwok Hung to repay almost $3 million. A group pushing to pedestrianise parts of Davo Road Central says it's still going ahead with its plan despite the closure of Mong Kok's pedestrian zone. And hundreds of hikers remain trapped up a mountain following the powerful long earthquake in Indonesia yesterday. The Hong Kong National Party, which is facing a ban, denies its stalling for time by requesting surveillance records on its convener, Chan Ho Tin. The pro-independence party has asked the authorities to delay the deadline for it to argue its case until October instead of next week. Mr Chan says it's only fair he be given more time to respond. It's not stalling time. I just want to present to the public that we want fairness of procedures because they may be cherry-picking in the information they collected in two to three years. I'm pretty sure that they have collected a lot, a lot of information, and they only present to me part of the information. If we consider the information uh, thoroughly, it may conclude that Hong Kong National Party does not violate uh, national security. Mr Chan also wants the Security Bureau to say whether or not it had any contact with the police over the proposal to outlaw the National Party. In addition, he criticised Chief Executive Carrie Lam for saying last week that the government would crush any independence movement as she'll be the one to hear his appeal should the Secretary for Security agree to ban his party. The whole procedure is unfair because she is chairing the appeal committee now she has already made a decision publicly before our appeal. So the whole procedure is unfair. We would not be, be fairly cheated in the whole procedure. The LegCo Commission has officially filed papers in the High Court to compel ousted lawmaker Leung Kwok Hung to repay almost $3 million in salaries and allowances. The former League of Social Democrats lawmaker was disqualified last July after a court ruled that his oath of office was invalid. The LegCo Commission had earlier decided to withdraw its bid to recoup the sum, but, the sum, but decided to take the matter to the court after Mr Leung didn't say whether he would meet the Commission's terms for returning operating funds paid in advance. The Commission is seeking repayment of $2.75 million. A group pushing to pedestrianise parts of Davo Road Central says Mong Kok's pedestrian zone could have been saved with better management. The zone on Sai Chung Choi Street South reopened to traffic yesterday after residents and shopkeepers complained of noise from street buskers. But Jennifer Walker-Frisinger, CEO of Walk DVRC, believes this won't impact her group's goal. You really can't compare Mong Kok to Davo Road Central because there is no residential on DVRC. So when Mong Kok was pedestrianized, of course, it was a while ago, and there wasn't any need to kind of restrict the use of amplifiers, for example, because they didn't exist in the portable form they do now. Agents weren't subverting the no-cash transaction rule for public open space by pushing phone, TV, and real estate contracts because those kinds of cashless transactions weren't popular. So I think it's management is the key, and I think that Mong Kok could have been saved had there been some management put in place. The DAB says Hong Kong consumers are getting more pessimistic because of fears over the Sino-US trade war and urged the government to help small businesses. The DAB's survey of 600 people found that consumer expectations have dropped from 88.76 months ago to 80.7. 
The DAB lawmaker Holden Charles said although current consumer sentiment stays roughly the same, more than 40% have a negative view of Hong Kong's economic outlook. He urged the government to extend a loan guarantee scheme for small and medium-sized enterprises or SMEs. People, generally speaking, turn less optimistic on the um, economic prospect um, in the future. The government should take appropriate measures to support the small and medium-sized company to look after their cash flow problem, to help them deal with the China-U.S. trade war. When the people perceive that the trade war persists, that would actually affect their consumer confidence too. Earlier, the financial secretary, Paul Chan, expressed concern about the implications of the Sino-U.S. trade tensions for local companies, particularly those in the logistics sector and those operating factories on the mainland. He says the government will provide financial support to them if they get in trouble. Mr Chan also said there are already measures in place to help small and medium exporters to offset any repercussions from the trade spat. He added that the government will provide funding support if necessary. Hundreds of hikers are trapped up a mountain on the Indonesian island of Lombok following an earthquake yesterday. They're unable to come down from Mount Rinjani because their paths are blocked by landslides. Hundreds of emergency workers are trying to get the hikers off the mountain, assisted by helicopters. The BBC's Rebecca Henschke has more. An operation to get the remaining hikers off the mountain is underway, involving hundreds of personnel from the military and the police. Dramatic footage filmed by guides at the summit when the earthquake struck shows huge landslides around the crater lake. Amongst the group waiting to be rescued is the body of a young Indonesian hiker who was killed by falling rocks. A spokesperson for the National Disaster Agency says the other climbers are in good health. The publisher of the New York Times has urged President Trump to stop labelling reporters enemies of the people, saying it could lead to violence against journalists. Mr Trump said they had discussed the vast amount of vast amount of fake news published by the media during an off-the-record meeting earlier this month. But A.G. Sulzberger said he told the president the term itself was untrue and harmful. Here's the BBC's Chris Buckler. They had said that they went to the White House to have a conversation with President Trump to appeal to him not to stop criticising the New York Times specifically, but to stop attacking the media in general because they said it's damaging and divisive and it also threatens America's democracy. It is a pretty hard-hitting statement and it comes with the knowledge that the New York Times went there for a private meeting about a week ago. However, now he's tweeted they have decided to release their own statement. Donald Trump has renewed his attacks on the special counsel, Robert Mueller, who's investigating allegations that the president's campaign team colluded with Russia to interfere in the 2016 election. Mr Trump said he'd had a very nasty and contentious business relationship with Mr Mueller, adding that the special counsel needed to give details of his conflicts of interest. The president has repeatedly attacked the inquiry as a witch hunt. The authorities in California are continuing to battle severe wildfires across the state with 12,000 firefighters currently tackling 17 major blazes. Six people are now known to have been killed near the city of Reading. After leaving parts of the city in ruins, the blaze is currently moving away. Brett Gouveia is a California Fire Department commander. We're feeling a lot more optimistic today as we are starting to gain some ground. Rather than being in the defensive mode on this fire uh, all the time, we're starting to make some good progress out there. As we move around the fire, we're going to continue to to work hard to get direct line on this thing. I think by tonight, you'll start seeing containment percentages increase. 
Mr Kavir also said some people may soon be able to return to their homes. Those areas in and around the city of Reading that are undamaged, that were um, precautionary, that we took everybody out based on the fire behavior that we saw as we were being very conservative, you're going to see those repopulating very soon, and those orders are going to continue probably daily as we move forward. Zimbabwean voters go to the polls later today for the first election since Robert Mugabe's removal from office in November. His successor and former close colleague Emerson Mnangagwa is hoping to legitimise his rule. His main challenger is the leader of the opposition MDC, Nelson Chamisa, who is popular among the young. Thousands of election observers have been posted across the country. Johnny Carson, an observer from the US and a former ambassador to Zimbabwe, says there have been concerns in the run-up to election day. The press have not been a balanced playing field. There is no question that there are elements around the ballot that are absolutely worrying and concerning. The ballot papers have not been inspected. But it is too soon to write this off without seeing all the processes completed. Several Western governments have criticised yesterday's election in Cambodia, in which the party of the long-standing Prime Minister Hun Sen was returned to power. The White House described the vote as neither free nor fair and said the United States would consider taking action against Cambodia. The United Nations says recent airstrikes around the Yemeni port city of Hodeida have put civilians at extreme risk. Hodeida, which is held by Houthi rebels, has been under attack by government forces and their Saudi-led coalition allies. The BBC's Alan Johnson reports. A United Nations statement said there'd been air raids in Hodeida and nearby Zabid. According to the UN, there were attacks close to health facilities and a water plant was damaged. The statement said that with cholera already present, attacks on such targets could lead to an epidemic. The pro-government offensive on Hodeida was halted earlier this month to allow the UN to mediate. But it seems the airstrikes resumed about three days ago. The body of a French skier who went missing more than 60 years ago has finally been identified after investigators posted details on social media. Human remains and ski equipment were found in the Acosta region of the Alps in 2005. The BBC's Carolyn Davis reports. In 2005, human remains and ski equipment were found more than 3,000 metres up a mountain in northern Italy. Investigators determined that it was a man, aged around 30, but beyond that they had little to go on his glasses, a watch, and the remains of an initialed shirt. They put the details on Facebook and asked for help. Emma Nassim heard the story on the radio. She suggested it could be her uncle, Henri, who'd gone missing after skiing in a storm in 1954. A family photograph showed Henri with the same glasses found by investigators, and a DNA test confirmed it was him. Finance now and shares of mainland vaccine maker Changsheng Biotechnology have fallen by 5%, the most they're allowed in a day in Shenzhen trading after regulators halved the maximum limit from 10%. They've lost nearly 60% over the past nine sessions amid a vaccine scandal that sparked a public outcry. The US dollar, the currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.12 yen. The euro is one US dollar 16 cents and the pound is 10 Hong Kong dollars and 28 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 28,593, 207 points down on the previous close. Turnover is 37 billion dollars. And now to sports, here's Adam Chung. 
We start with cycling. Team Sky's Garen Thomas has clinched his first Tour de France title. He's the third British rider to win the Grand Tour, following the footsteps of Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome, who all won titles with the same team. The BBC's Tom Fordyce talks through the finish. So cruel for Lampart with 200 metres to go. He's been overtaken. It's Degenkob and Christoph, the Norwegian, coming on the outside. Arno Demar, the Frenchman, with a late surge. It's Christoph, the Norwegian, Degenkob, Demar, and Christoph takes it on the line for Norway. But it is what is happening a few hundred metres down the road that matters. We look back. There is Geraint Thomas in the yellow jersey. He has Chris Froome alongside him. He punches the air. Oh, from the suburban streets of Cardiff to the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Geraint Thomas, his journey is complete. So Alexander Kristoff won the final stage, but Geraint Thomas kept the yellow jersey to give Team Sky their sixth victory on the Tour. Thomas says he's overwhelmed by his own accomplishment. Normally that stage is really hard, but today it just, I just seemed to float around. I was just like, there's goosebumps going around there and... Uh, the support, the, the Welsh and the British flags, and uh, oh, it's like it's unreal. It's the Tour de France, like, and uh, yeah, to, to, to be riding around wearing this, like, it's the stuff of dreams. To football now, Manchester United manager Jose Mourinho says he hopes one target from the list of five options he gave to the club will arrive before the transfer deadline. Mourinho made the comment during a 10-minute post-match interview after United's 4-1 defeat to Liverpool in a friendly play in Michigan. I would like to have two more players. I think that it's possible that I'm going to have one. I gave a list to my club of five names a few months ago. I wait to see if it's possible to have one of these players. If it's possible, good. If it's not possible, we keep fighting. In another friendly played in the U.S., Tottenham came from two goals down to draw 2-2 against Barcelona in Los Angeles, but lost in a penalty shootout afterwards. To golf... Thailand's Aria Jitanogan has claimed her 10th LPGA title after winning the Ladies' Scottish Open by one shot. She hit six birdies in the final round to hold off the challenge from Australia's Minji Lee. Jitanogan closed with a 5 under par 66 to record her third LPGA win this year, and she's poised to take the world number one position. She last held the number one spot for two weeks in June 2017 and was the first Thai golfer to top the rankings. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Hong Kong National Party is denies suggestions it's using delaying tactics. The LegCo Commission files papers in the High Court to compel ousted lawmaker Leung Kwok Kung to pay back almost $3 million. And a group pushing to pedestrianise parts of Davo Road Central says it's still going ahead with its plan despite the closure of Mong Kok's pedestrian zone. The news from RTHK. Yeah.